0: Is the Newland's Corner mystery solved? Throwing an automobile at Newland's Corner from Top Hill in the middle of the night, freewheeling seems difficult to achieve, hazardous and unlikely. The idea of a descent behind the wheel with the bumps, the limited lightning of the lamps, the risk to the tires, is more like a stunt for a movie. However, the car phone was not badly damaged, and its owner did not suffer the slightest physical injury. What do we hear on the night of December 3, 4, 1926 in the vicinity of Newland's Corner? Answer: Silence of the English countryside in the winter already present a silence that can be broken by the cry of a night bird or the barking of a dog on a remote farm, or by a noisy car from the 1920s driving on the A25 at around midnight on the top of a hill. Laura Thompson's report that a witness also referred to a gypsy woman, who said she heard a car moving around midnight at the top of Newland's Corner. On the evening of Friday, December 3, at around 9.45pm to 10pm, Agatha Christie traversed to London or a planned location in southwest London to meet the person who agreed to drive a second car and drive it ahead to Newland's Corner. The actors reach the main junction at Clondon and take the A25 towards Newlands Corner, Shear Road. Around midnight, the two cars arrived at the top of a hill, which caused an unusual noise on this freezing night. The second car is parked in Trostland, the front placed towards the village of Merrow. Agatha Christie then takes the other person back to London. They arrive around 1 o'clock in the morning. She can rest for a few hours before leaving for Newland's Corner again. Around 5 a.m. Agatha Christie arrives back in Newland's Corner. This time she continues to Elbury. After about 1 kilometer and 300 meters, she turns right just before Ceylon Pool, right into Water Lane, which at that time was a dirt path, and which for the part along the quarry still seems to be so nowadays. Then she drives to where her car was found. She directs it on her left towards the bush. Or she directs on her right if she preferred to turn through her right onto the hay. 248, and go a little further right into Waterland. Now the distance to the second car is about one kilometer and 200 meters. The path she takes to reach Neuron's corner on foot is uphill. Agata Christie takes her briefcase with her, but prefers to leave her fur coat in the Morris Gully to be lighter and be able to move better around when walking. Back at the top of Newland's Corner Hill, she turns left into Trost Lane. She knows the second car is nearby. She saw it, approached it, and finally sat in the back to rest for a while from her nocturnal adventure. At 6.20 AM, Edward McAllister restarts a car was engine Too cold could not be restarted by Agatha Christie. The novelist then moved away to Clondon and then to London to return the car to its owner. With this theory, the answer to the question, what would Agatha Christie have become if McAllister hadn't stopped by, at that time, owner back? is obviously that she would have stayed in Lane waiting for another person to pass by. The time of his departure to London becomes relatively less important. Who could, on this side of the hill, establish a link between this woman, whose car broke down towards Merrow and an abandoned Morris Collet near Albury, whose existence he is unaware of? The opposite is even more unlikely. The possibility that the woman who broke down in Trotsland is not the novelist would only result in postponing the place where Agatha Christie joined the second car. In any case, the theory of a second car relegates the time of the accident to the background of history. Regardless of the time of day, the most important thing is that the protagonists have agreed on it. Disappearance of Agatha Christie in 1926 Is it the end of a story? The missing of Agatha Christie for 11 days, her car found abandoned in the bushes of a quarry, this is a news story that has caused a lot of ink to flow. More articles now online about the case were added every year. Since the secret of Newland's Corner on this incredible case The answer appeared with a new theory. On Saturday, December 4, 1926, around 5 to 5.30 a.m., Agatha Christie takes a dirt road along a quarry near Albury. She throws her car against a grassy embankment. She stays a few moments in her car. A Maurice Collet takes off her fur coat on walks up the hill to Newland's corner. Then, she turns left into Trotts to reach the second car parked 300 meters after the crossroads. Note that during the police investigation, the superintendent of Berkshire, the county where the missing person lived, took into account the way the novelist was dressed. It seemed obvious to him that she could have spent the night comfortably in her car wearing a fur coat, and then when she decided to leave the car, she threw away the coat, which was too heavy to walk in. Underneath the fur coat, she wore warm clothes like the ones women wear on their walls in the country, said the superintendent of Berkshire. Later, once cyclist Edward McAllister, after several tries, started the second car, that had been parked for long hours on the side in Tross Lane, Agatha Christie set off gently at about 7 am towards the northeast of Guildford, then in the direction of Leverhead and south-west London. In 2000, The Guardian published an interview with Nan Watt's daughter, a close friend and in laws relatives to Christie's. In this interview, Nan's daughter suggests that Agatha was helped in her disappearance by her mother. According to Nan's daughter, it was agreed that the noblest could spent the night of Friday 3 to Saturday 4 December with Nan, who had moved to London at Chelsea Park's Gardens. On that night, her second husband George Cohn was absent precisely. This suggestion is made in connection with the idea that the novelist spent the night in Chelsea after returning from Newlands Corner by train. Back in London. With the theory of a the second car, Agatha Christie arrives in London around 9 am, parks the borrowed car, and posts the letter for her brother in law, Campbell Christie. On Tuesday, December 7, the novelist's brother-in-law received a letter from Agatha and, according to the postmark, the letter was postmarked December 4 at 9.45am in the London SW1 Postal District. This is, therefore, an area through which Agatha would have passed before the postmark was postmarked. Unless someone else mailed the letter, there is little doubt about this. Nancon's residence is located in a postal zone immediately adjacent to SW1, London, SW3. Once in London, Agatha Christie went to buy clothes, including a new coat. Everyone agrees that she then took the train. She took a train at King's Cross Station, to go precisely to the area where a few days earlier she had decided to spend the weekend, Beverly in East Yorkshire, on shows Arrogate, the spa town in North Yorkshire, where she was found eleven days after her departure from Styles at the Swan hydropathic Hotel. She is welcomed on her appearance, on her statements that her name is Teresa Neal. On that she comes from Cape Town, South Africa. At Arrogate, Agatha Christie borrowed Neil's names from her husband's golf partner Nancy Neil, which whom Archibald Christie had fallen in love some time before. Her husband wanted to divorce her and live with his mistress, so the couple quarreled on the morning of Friday the third. On December 14 1926, 11 days after she left Stiles, a banjo player at the Harrogate Hotel, Bob Tappin, recognized the novelist and alerted the police. Colonel Christie then came to pick up his wife at the hotel. End of the story. Matching elements and clues. Surprisingly, the novelist had placed a curious classified ad in the Times asking friends and relatives to contact this Teresa Neal. On the other side of the Atlantic, and further on in the world, in some newspapers of mid-December 1926, the name Teresa Neal, certainly through a transcription error, will become Mrs. Teresa Various elements are scarred in Agatha Christie's life, such as the presence at her side of her secretary and confidant Charlotte Fisher, known as Carlo, to whom she will dedicate The Mystery of the Blue Train, a novel she was working on with difficulty at the time of her adventure. Then in her books was seated A Case of Missing Lady, a short story published in October 1924 in which there are two villages of the same name and then The Manhood of Edward Robinson, another short story published by Agatha Christie two years earlier in December in which it is about two identical cars. We add The Hollow, a novel in which an artist sculpting on muddling clay, Henrietta Savernake. As both driving qualities and enthusiasm for road shortcuts. On the other hand, the help provided by her lifelong friend Nan seems undeniable. The discovery of a play, the Lee, created by Agatha Christie, apparently written in the mid-1920s and never performed, showed Nan as the first name of the main character. The play, which Historically precede the novelist's famous stage thrillers remained in the author's archives for several decades until it was finally found. The theme is that of a woman trapped in an unhappy marriage caused by her husband's obsession for her younger sister. The wife, Nan Greg, disappears for one night from the family home with devastating consequences. The play unfolds on a series of dramatic revelations that will lead to either divorce or reconciliation, but the outcome will depend on Nan's sister's willingness to lead to protect her. No reconciliation was possible between Agatha and Archibald Christie in the months following this disappearance, and they finally divorced. Agatha Christie at Newland's Corner, the last pieces of the puzzle. A mysterious bungalow. Another writer, a woman just as imaginative as Agatha Christie. This is the last part of a series about the mysterious 11 days' disappearance of the Queen of Crime Fiction. The last pieces of a puzzle. The Mysterious Bangalow According to Laura Thompson and Tina Jordan, on December 14, 1926, the New York Times reported that police found important clues in a bungalow near Durant's Corner. The items found there include a bottle labeled Poisoned Lead on Opium, fragments of a torn postcard, a woman's fur coat, a box of face powder, a loaf of bread, a box of cards, and two children's books. In this clipping dated mid-December 1926, is added a useful information now on summarizing the discovery at the time. The house is used in summer for writing novels by St. Louis Strash's daughter. The name given is that of John St. Law Strachey, a British journalist and newspaper owner who worked for The Spectator magazine, Was daughter Amabel Williams Ellis, a prolific author, especially of children's book, was born in Newland's Corner on May 10, 1894. Amabel Williams Ellis, who is four years younger than Agatha Christie, was 32 and a half years old at that time. She has been married since 1915 to Cloak Williams Ellis, an architect known worldwide as the creator of Port Marion, a hotel in North Wales immortalized in the TV series with Patrick McGohan, the prisoner. About the Bangalow, Laura Thompson said that the police had strewn powder on the floor to see if anyone had entered, that a footprint had been found but that it was the work of a rogue reporter with the help of a waitress at the hotel bar and that the opium was in fact a medical treatment. For Laura Thompson, the few belongings that had been left in the isolated house were the possessions of its owner. John St. Louis Strachey built a property in 1892 at Newlands Corner, a Victorian country house. His last child was born there in 1901. In this house had become the Newlands Corner Hotel in 1926, now called the Manor House Hotel, It is possible that the family may have kept an outbuilding or, more likely, that this bungalow at Newland's Corner had been abandoned for some time. If the pseudo-crime scene has been polluted, it is still possible to question and without prejudging whether or not... Agatha Christie could have taken shelter there during the night of December 3 to 4, one can consider this alternative to staying in the second car. Wouldn't there be some magic effect in this place? The Surrey News seat tells us that, according to Derek Nightingale, the author of Toulon's Corner on its environs, all of Merodons, the common land that connects the open space from purely down to Newland's corner used to be called Fairyland, a name that has since been forgotten by most. The place is located a little further on the southwestern slope of the famous area Fairyland.